Hey, I'm Joy, and welcome to my show, Tell Me More. Hey, welcome back to my podcast, Tell Me More, a place where cool people with cool jobs who do cool things tell me more about their lives. This week, we're speaking with Daewoon Kang, the co-founder of the highly popular dating app, Coffee Meets Bagel. In today's episode, we talk about her experience as a first-hand entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, the benefits of completing an MBA, and what it was like turning down the biggest offer in Shark Tank history. If you've used online dating apps, you've probably heard of Coffee Meets Bagel. Unlike other platforms, Coffee Meets Bagel focuses exclusively on quality over quantity. Launched in 2012, the app has created more than 2.5 billion introductions, receives more than 200,000 visitors each month, and has connected more than 50,000 happy couples. Two years ago, the app went on Shark Tank to pitch their product and was offered $30 million from Mark Cuban to buy out the company on the spot. At the time, this was the highest offer in Shark Tank history, but Daewoon and her sisters turned them down. Ultimately, this is the right choice, as the value of Coffee Meets Bagel is higher than ever. Today, we are so lucky to have Daewoon on the show, and she explains to us the process of how she started her company. You know, I started Coffee Meets Bagel with my two sisters because we really wanted to create a company that can make um, you know, positive impact on millions of people's lives. And when we kind of looked at different problems that we really want to, um, we felt passionate about, you know, dating came up, you know, again and again, because it was going, you know, it was becoming a very um, growing problem for a lot of um, my own single friends, uh, and, you know, including ourselves. I think this generation is going through a tremendous change in our, um, in our lifestyle we spend a ton of time, uh, you know, focusing on our career, our friends, family, and ourselves, and we leave very little time for meeting new people. Um, and so it's kind of like a new set of challenge that I think is uh, becoming larger um, for this generation and the future. And um, we feel really excited about the possibility of, um, you know, um, helping others create meaningful connections and find meaningful partners. I saw in some interviews that you talked about why traditional online dating wasn't working for a lot of people and that you wanted to create the better alternative. Can you expand more on that and give an example of behavior that you didn't like? Yeah, you know, it will be, you know, there are some striking observations that we made on the way the current online dating services in general was working. And you know, I think the biggest one is that a lot of women um, that we interviewed felt really um, unsafe and un- not excited about using online dating. And, um, you know, when we looked further into kind of what was happening in the dating space, we realized that, you know, this date, online dating has always had difficulty recruiting and retaining women. Um, you know, gender ratio in this industry among the online dating participants are 65% men to 35% women. And, um, um, uh, and, you know, if you kind of layer in the activity level of men and women where guys are usually twice as more active as women, the gender ratio can be very, very lopsided on any given day. And when you have that kind of ratio, uh, it, it can't um, be an optimal experience, right? Guys are frustrated because they don't hear back and women are frustrated because they feel overwhelmed. 
And so we thought, hey, key to creating the best experience for everyone, at least in the straight community, is to uh, really uh, be able to recruit and retain women. So when you first started, were there any big struggles that you had and how did you overcome them? I think there's always a struggle um, as, a, as a startup you know, team that's trying to create something out of nothing uh, with limited resources. Um, you know, you, it's every day is a challenge, right? And, and, you know, starting with recruiting your first um, employee who's willing to kind of um, buy into your vision, feel very excited and committed about making those, seeing, seeing the world through your lens and, um, you know, creating that vision or realizing that vision that you want to um, achieve to fundraising, to, you know, creating a you know, technology platform as a non-technical founder, um, you know, trying to get to the bottom of, um, pull out that consumer insight that's going to give you an edge in terms of being able to provide the best product experience that's better than your competitors, um, evolving and you continuing to innovate, creating a culture and process that's going to support creativity and innovation, um, those are all, you know, part of the fun and the challenges that um, we experience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you made the app in mind to be more female friendly, how did you come up with the features that would make your vision come true? You know, everything just starts with consumer insight. And so we interviewed a lot of women, um, try to find, find out what is the important factors when it comes to online dating for women? Why don't they use online dating? What's their fear? Um, is there a fear or is there uncomfort? Is there some cognitive dissonance? What is it? Um, and a lot of women told us their stories. You know, two things that we found identified as really important in um, online dating for women is quality and safety. And so we decided to focus all our effort in being able to deliver on quality and safety. Mm-hmm. So going back to the topic of struggles, something really famous that happened a few years ago was that you and your sisters went on Shark Tank to pitch your app. And at the time, you were offered the largest amount of money ever, basically, to buy your company, and then you turned that down. So what pushed your decision to do that? And I guess have the courage to say to someone, no, I want to keep this company that I made. You know, we, we never went, went on there to sell our company. I think it's more of a courage, more than the courage, I think it's just the conviction um, and our belief in um, what we're doing and our team's ability to execute. Um, you know, online dating is a, a huge industry. Like I mentioned on the show, Match makes, you know, billion dollars in revenue every, every year. And, um, you know, it's very, very ripe for disruption. And so, you know, we started this Coffee Meets Bagel because we wanted to change the way um, this generation meets uh, new people, you know, make it more authentic, make it more, make it deeper, make it more friendly and fun. And, um, you know, we're still at the very beginning, um, to be honest, in kind of trying to realize that vision and we didn't want to stop. I know there was a lot of pushback against your decision to keep the company, and it did feel like a lot of the negative comments are very, should I say, gender-based. Can you speak a bit more about that disparity with the way that people react to you versus a quote-unquote more traditional-looking founder? Um, you know, I think the thing about, you know, was this gender-based or not, it's, 
unless like somebody explicitly made gender-based comments, it's really hard to tell for sure um, because it's not like we're A-B testing these kind of responses, right? Um, but we did hear uh, a lot of people did call us greedy. A lot of people did call us crazy, stupid. I mean, all those things. Um, and I wondered, or, again, I don't know for sure, um, if we would have received the same comments if we looked differently. Um, I guess more explicitly if we were uh, three white men, you know, um, who went up, went up there and, you know, basically said, hey, no way, we're, we're going to be big, so uh, we're turning you down. Um, we have been called uh, somewhat of, like you said, courageous, um, someone who really believes in what we're confident, um, visionary. I don't know. Um, my, my belief is that I think so. Um, I think we would have received a very different set of comments. Um, but, you know, you, you never know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's so hard to test. And it's also really hard to tell if what you're feeling is actually gender-based or, you know, if it's something else. Yeah, and, you know, I think with all the stuff that's been coming out of, which I'm sure you're, um, mm-hmm. the, all the yeah. listeners to this show are familiar with, um, of uh, gender issues has been, has been, you know, it's get, getting uncovered in Silicon Valley. Um, I think it's great that more and more people are noticing and hopefully is more mindful of the different stereotypes and biases that we operate under. And, you know, this includes men, women, and all kinds of um, people. It's not just, it's just being a human being, right? And, um, and so we just have to be more mindful of those. And we also have to really work on, you know, making our workplace a truly, truly diverse place with equal representation of every, everyone. And I don't just mean gender, right? It could be race, like anything, right? Um, I think it's only when we actually have a really like a diverse representation of all kinds of people um, can we really root out these kind of subtle biases and stereotypes. Um, and hopefully we'll get there soon. Yeah, hopefully. It's just that, you know, as a young woman going into the workplace starting full-time very soon, it feels like every time you hear a story like this, you feel less and less encouraged to go into an industry that feels like it might not really want you there. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I just don't know if maybe I'm too sensitive or I'm the one being too insecure because obviously, you know, no one's really out to actively get you. But at the same time, I also wonder... What if that does happen to me? Because yeah. hypothetically, it could not happen to me, but then also could happen to me and has a higher chance of happening to me than it would to someone else who comes from a different background. Yeah, no, I think we need to be very realistic and about the fact that this exists. And it's um, disappointing and um, uh, it is somewhat discouraging. And I, I think that feeling is very valid and it should be discussed and recognized. Um, at the same time, um, we can be the drivers of the changes that we want to see, right? And, you know, I think one of the reasons, and there are lots of also um, uh, great things happening, which is like the, the, they recognize this as a problem. And, you know, we, there are a lot of channels and platforms that are starting so that we can discuss and voice more of these kinds of opinions. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to fully participate that in that. We need to, we need to fully embrace that kind of conversation um, and, uh, you know, help each other, you know, all that so that we can actually see the changes that we, we want to see. 
Yeah, I guess maybe sometimes I feel like we hold on stronger to what feels bad than stronger to what feels good. It kind of reminds me of this conversation I had with this really famous philosophy professor when I was at Columbia. You know, I was telling her that I know generally we are taking steps forward to move the needle for diversity, but it does feel like at times we are moving backwards as well. And what she mentioned to me was that there's undeniably the fact that times are Mm -hmm. changing. She said that when she was younger and when she was in college, you know, her best friend wanted to be a surgeon and that wasn't really a thing back then for her to do. And then now decades later, her best friend is a surgeon. And so there has been Mm -hmm. that push forward. Yeah. And I think what's great is, you know, it kind of makes me, it's great, but it also makes me sad that we are like, oh yeah, I'm grateful that women can become a surgeon. Like it's kind of like 2017. I'm really, really talking about this still. But anyway, um, uh, like those kind of blatant discrimination has been rooted out, at least in the U.S., right? Uh, in general, uh, in general. It's just kind of crazy because, you know, Columbia didn't accept women until the 80s. Yeah. I didn't right. even know that it's before insane. I went to the school. And then when I found that out, I just yeah. thought that was insane. So, you, you, so, so it's very encouraging, I guess. <laughs> encouraging and discouraging, but encouraging in that, wow, like not very long ago, it was the situation was really bad. Um, and, but now we can't even remember or even imagine that because things are so different now. So that's great. Um, and now I think, I think from here and on, honestly, I think it will be harder because, um, you know, the very subtle things that we are used to that we don't even know that we're doing, those are going to be much difficult, more difficult to root out because it, it, it requires a cultural change. It requires a generation of, you know, education. Um, it requires that we raise our children differently. I mean, in all this, it's going to take time for sure. So what do you think about companies that are having trouble with their cultures? For example, Uber. Um, what do you think they can do for them to be better leaders to everyone in their community? Should they, you know, hire groups to come in to educate them? Or what should they do if they really wanted to improve their company culture and also the push for diversity? You know, honestly, the changes have to come from the top, right? And um, especially at, you know, I guess Uber is not a startup anymore. Um, but... Uh, Startup, large, small or large, um, it really just is a. I really believe that company culture is a reflection of the people who are the leader. Um, yeah, the leaders, um, and if you know, they they're not doing the, um, if they're not like you know what do you call the, what's the expression talking the talk and walking the walk, uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, I think there needs to be more education around the importance of culture, uh, setting the right culture from the very beginning, setting the right value, um, and really, really working on uh, working on helping startups realize the importance of it and also, um, uh, you know, educating people on the importance of diversity um, so that or even early on, even for startups that feels like they don't have the resources to kind of dedicate uh, their time and money on those kind of issues. Um, I think there needs to be more education around how important that is. Yeah, and then the other, and you know, how do you do that? Or how do you commit importance? I mean, sadly, um, maybe not sadly, but you know, for startups, because we're so resource constrained, like unless there's some kind of like a uh, business metric, mm-hmm. yeah, business metric difference that this is going to make, in the short term, um, it's, it's hard to invest. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I said it's because I've been there. And, um, and so like being able to 
quantify to the extent that we can, besides like this is what we're supposed to do because this is what's right, which is important, but you know, like companies are not there to, I mean, I, like I believe companies are there to um, yeah, serve the community, but that, that, that yeah, right. <laughs> so um, there needs to be, what's more compelling for the mainstream um, would be there's some kind of like real business impact Mm-hmm. By um, and I, I believe there there are there is a recruiting yeah of um, course there definitely are yeah and customer like you know nowadays like you know people people make choices based on their values right um, the, the where you choose to work you know what services you choose to use what products you choose to buy is a reflection of your own values um, and so those kinds of things I, I do believe will have a business impact and I think it's important to dedicate some resources into like thinking about that so that we can actually like convey that message. Well, I'm actually going to business school now and I noticed that you completed an MBA at Stanford. Um, I know there's a lot of talk in the startup world about how people don't need an MBA. Some people say that they do. So what did you learn from your MBA and what is your stance about getting a business degree if you do want to enter the tech world? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm going to start by saying, yeah, you don't need an MBA. You don't need a college degree. You don't need anything, right, to start a business, really. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you, if you, I mean, there are tons of people who um, start without any formal education and, you know, they do very well. Tons of people who, who start for, without formal education who don't do very well. So I don't think there, there is no hard and fast rule. You need something. But um, in my experience, MBA has been um, incredibly helpful to uh, my startup journey, you know, especially as a first time entrepreneur who was new to Silicon Valley. Like I didn't grow up here. I didn't, um, I didn't work here. Uh, And so, you know, jumping in here and um, having, having gone to one of the top MBA programs in, 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 in the nation really gave us kind of like a leg up in terms of, of being able to establish a new network of entrepreneurs and um, investors that we needed to talk to, um, to, you know, not only fundraise, but also get, get advice. Um, you really, you, this is a networking. I think anything that you do in life, like networking is so critical um, knowing the right people and uh, being able to um, kind of like, I don't want to say the word utilize, but, you know, leverage them is, um, I, I think it's really critical to your success. And that's what kind of NBA provides. Um, I, I, well, not only that, but I think it is the most valuable uh, resource that I received uh, from my NBA program. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about your MBA program, did you meet these people through your program or do you think that the program gave you the reputation so that people respected you more and then they wanted to help you? Um, it's, a, it's a combination. Your alumni network um, is going to be critical to um, you being able to, uh, you know, well, your alumni base is just really, really helpful. Like every time I, for example, like every time I launch a new city, I just like email my alumni in that city. Hey guys, like coming here and blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, that is like, and everybody's willing to help you. Um, Hey guys, I'm trying to, like, I'm looking for somebody who's experienced in, um, you know, leading a customer service, uh, team of a consumer company, like anybody know, like tons of people. Hey, I'm, I'm in, I need to learn more about subscription business, like tons of people. Just, I mean, and so this is, 
super helpful, right? Um, because you're do- trying to do something that has never been done before, being able to talk to the right people who have experience doing something, um, not exactly the same, obviously, but something similar or that you can draw parallels from, that's really important, um, especially because there's no way you've done all this, all of this yourself. Um, and then, of course, so that's there. And, of course, like, you know, being able to to kind of um, garner the attention of people because, like, hey, yeah, I did this down. I, I have an MBA from Stanford or whatever. Those are obviously helpful, too. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought of it like that. Okay, so anyways, very last question. If you had any advice to give, what advice would you give to today's young graduates coming out of college? When I think back to my college, um, um, I think what I would say is be, um, you know, world is your oyster. And um, be really curious, um, open-minded, also very aggressive about um, gaining new experiences, learning new things, meeting new people, um, be, be relentless about it, and also be very reflective about it. And that's the end of today's episode. Big thanks to you for tuning in, and a bigger thanks to Daewoon for joining the interview. And if you don't already have it, Coffee Meets Bagel is available for download on both the iTunes and Android App Store. So make sure you get to it, pronto, today. You never know, perhaps you'll find the love of your life very soon. As always, today's episode is brought to you by me, Joy. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Give a like on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Tell Me More Podcast, and catch along with more information on my website, tellmemore.io. See ya next time.